0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message.
1: And um, what we're also seeking to do is to give opportunity in this season uh, for some folks to minister. And this morning we've got two preachers. Now don't worry, don't, don't worry, they're both not going for half an hour, alright? So two 15-minute slots this morning and I really want you to be on the edge of your seat, taking notes, really encouraging them. And our first speaker this morning is, is Tim, Tim Bailey, and uh, we're delighted that Tim's ministering this morning. I've only really began to get to know Tim in recent times since I've come back from Manchester, but what I clearly discern is that this is a man that loves the Bible, and uh, is has uh, got a, a great grounding in it through the influence of his family, and uh, Tim, we're looking forward to this morning to what you've got to share, so why don't we give him a great welcome. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Night wow, <laughs> what an introduction. Hope I can live up to to something of that, you know. Summer in the Psalms, eh? What a great topic a great topic that sometimes maybe we don't always go to the book of Psalms, we've maybe got a different favourite book that we, we have, but now we get to hear and, and, and maybe feel a little bit of each person's um, uh, maybe experience of that that uh, that book, so we're going to have a great diversity of, of different things from it, and I'm sure we're going to be blessed, whether that's through me, or whether that's through Tracy, or whether that's through whoever else is next in line, so to speak, but to pick a favourite Psalm, they said pick a favourite Psalm, and, and I struggle with that i don't know about you but i I don't have a go-to psalm some of you may have a go-to psalm the the usual favorites but i don't have a go-to favorite psalm what i do have is maybe a little collective of pockets of psalms that have spoke to me over the years Do, do you know what i mean so there's different little bits that that would sort of i would i would lean on in in different situations the book of psalms is all about worship and praise I love to praise. I like, I like to go All-American on it. But well, picking a, a favorite is hard. Some may say picking a favorite child is easier. Now, now I wouldn't say that, of course. But because my two kids aren't even here this morning to support me, I can't even pick on them by even picking one of them out by saying, you're the favorite, but, but they're a disappointment anyways. So... What I thought I would do was I would share into one of my passions. I would share into one of my passions which has been a big part of my journey over my Christian life. And then what I would do is refer into a psalm. Is that okay? Is that alright? But I love to worship. It's as simple as that. I love the whole concept of getting together as a church and, and, and allowing the, the music to wash over me and feeling the, the bursting inside of, of what God has done for me that I can just release it. Just release it. Whether it's cooperatively in, in a place like this or even in my car, I find myself sometimes going for it. Sometimes even at work. I will sing, and it gets shut down pretty quick. You know, Tim, that that is enough of that stuff, okay? But sometimes you find yourself from maybe from Sunday into the Monday and the Tuesday, you you've got a song that "Gregory," and you're singing it as you make a cup of tea. But but work don't like that too much. But I love to worship. But I wasn't always like that. It always wasn't like that for me. You see, I was really young when I became a Christian. Really young, I was eight years old. I was, had the privilege of growing up in a Christian family. My my dad taught the Bible for a living. He didn't see it as a living; he saw it as a privilege. But I grew up in a in a Christian family, and I have later become to be so thankful for that. I was one of those guys who would listen to testimonies of people about their lives, saying, you know how how you know how terrible it's been for them and what they've been through and I used to be in gang warfare and I used to do this and that and I was like wow that's so cool but I'm so pleased that God kept me from that walk of life you see I've got that testimony that God saved me from that because I think he knew that if I got involved in that there may have been no help I I know he can break through any wall I know that but but the 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 things I could have got into could have been so much worse but I was young when I became a Christian. I was young when I understood what the, what the gospel meant. I understand. I, under, I was young when I understood what, what Jesus did for me on the cross. That he, that he paid the price for me. A price that I couldn't have done myself. And I understood that he did not just die on a cross for me, but he rose again. I, I got that. He defeated sin. He, he defeated hurt. He defeated pain. He defeated the, ch- the times I, I decided that I would, I would lie or, or I would steal or, or or the nasty things I would say. And he didn't just do it for the first time. He did it for the next time and the next time and the next Aren't you glad that God is a forgiving God, that he's able to pick you up no matter how many times you fall over? It was almost like I had the gospel in my head. It was up here. You know? Do you know what I mean? You have the knowledge of what happened. You've accepted it. It was up in this, in this, in this head that, that it, was, it, was, it was known up here. But, but what I wasn't letting it do was settle into here. I wasn't allowing it to, to, to minister into my heart. I wasn't allowing it to have effect in my heart. And because of that, I would just do church. Do you know what I mean? Just do church. Because of that, I would just go through the motions of it all. In life we can get into a rut, can't we? We can just do things because it's what you do. You know, it might not just be through church things, it might be through work. You might do something and never really even question why you do certain things. You just do it. It's what we do. It's what we do here at work because it's what we do. Nobody actually explains it to you, it's just what you do. It becomes into like a sleep, work, eat, repeat scenario, you know? You've heard those expressions. But church was just a thing I did on Sunday. It wasn't just church, but it was even my quiet time. You know, I would, I would open the Bible. I'd have one of these study books as a kid and, and the Bible, and I'd, I'd flick through it a million miles an hour and, and maybe open the Bible and, and, and read something that, that, that didn't even register. I just did it more to appease my parents. So when they said, have you done your quiet time? Yes, I have. I wasn't lying. I, I did it, but I didn't really take much in, but I did it. And that is not a great example, young people in this place, of, of how to do your quiet time. Be intentional with it. And if I'm honest, and if I can be honest, I was pretty much like that most of my teenage life. That's the way I did. That's the way I did it. I just sort of could put out the the persona of being this Christian, but but it was still up here. It, It wasn't affecting down here. And because of that, and because of the way I was living, it meant when I read the first five verses of Psalm 103, it sounded like this. Let all that I am praise the Lord. My whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from life, or from death even, and, and the crowns crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things, and my youth is renewed like, like, like eagles. Just reading words, just skimming through it. You may have done that yourself. You may have just skimmed through something, not actually taking in what's actually been written there. You see, you shouldn't be reading a portion of scripture that says those words with that tone of voice, that tone of heart even. But one summer I remember we went to to, we used to go to to youth camps. You know, like Alton Castle, the kids here they go to that. We used to go to to youth camp and and I remember we we went for years. We went for years. I even became one of the the junior leaders at a certain age. I forget what age we were, is it sixteen or something? But it was a bit later than that, and and we were in a session, and I hadn't even intended that that something was going to happen. But but I, I remember God really speaking into my heart. He really spoke into my heart, and that had never happened before. God had never come to me and sort of, you know, he got these kicked down the door and, and, you know, whoa, and there's angels and everything and there's lights beaming down. It wasn't like that. I'd I've, I've never had that, but I really felt him grab me by the scruff of the neck. Not in a violent way, not in a, up against the wall and you listen to me. It wasn't anything like that. It was just that he got my attention. Do you know what I mean? So God said to me, he said, Listen, listen, man. I don't know if he speaks like that, but I like that he does. <laughs> He says, you need to get tuned in to me. He says, you need to start realizing the ways I have for your life. You've got all this knowledge up here, what's been taught to you over the years, but you're not letting it sink in to your heart so that I can do things through you. You're not letting it affect and change what's inside you. And from that moment, a new chapter in my life began. Now, don't get me wrong, it it, it wasn't like a a cut-off zone and everything was perfect. I still slipped up. I still got things wrong. I still have regrets to this day of things that I did. But it was a new chapter that I started to build intentionally on the foundations that I had already had laid down in my life. I was teachable when I was young. I learned stuff from my dad. I learned stuff from the people around me, but again, like I said, it was, it was all up here. I was making it all about me. But what I should have been doing was making it all about him. See, now I was choosing to allow God to have control. I was allowing God to to speak into different situations. You know, now I was developing my relationship with him, just allowing God to to do what he needed to do in me, rather than to wait for me to get him out of the box. Sometimes we can put God in this little box where we get him out in a situation. Hey, things are going wrong, I need God in this. Things aren't well, I need God in this. But as soon as everything's rosy and dandy, you know, God's back in the box and you're like, oh, Jack Jones, I'm all right, I don't need anything else, type attitude. And that isn't great. And it's the same for all of us, isn't it? Whether you're a Christian in this place or whether you're just on a journey, the beginning of a journey, halfway through a journey, whatever you want to call it, we all need to be intentional with our relationship with God. And the more I was choosing to allow him to minister to me, the more that, that, that he was invading my heart. And I don't mean just the surface around the outsides, he was invading the very depths of my heart. See, God doesn't need our praise he doesn't need it. He's not like a, a, um, somebody who, who, who charges up on our praise and then he does a great thing. He doesn't need that. He's not like a football team on a pitch that's surrounded by fans that they're, when, they're, when their ability seems to be failing or or, when, or when, when there's lack of encouragement, the fans step up a gear and start singing different songs that, that suddenly the team are getting a bit more confident. God doesn't need that. See, what he he knows is, is that through praise, that something happens in here. Through our connection with God, through praise, things change in here supernaturally. Phil was saying about it earlier, you know, things can happen. You may have problems, There there may be healing that you needed, but things happen when you connect with God. I mean, proper connect. I'm not talking about here connect. I'm talking about proper connect inside. Things happen when we praise God. You feel like you're being drawn into the, the very presence of God. That he, he does business with you. Do you know what I mean with that? There's an overflowing of thankfulness for, for all he's done. Just flowing out. And sometimes he just, he just breaks me. Have you ever been in a situation where you've just been praising and, and suddenly you have found yourself just not, not, not singing? But your hands are here but there's just just pouring out. Not in sadness, not because of things that have happened, because of all that he's done for his goodness, for all the things that he's going to do, for all the things that he's protected you from. You're just overwhelmed. And because of that joy, this joy that's inside, this deep-seated joy, you read this passage like this. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he's done for me. He forgives all my sins. Not selected sins. Not the ones I think are okay to forgive. But he forgives all the sins. He heals my diseases. He redeems me from death. One version says he saves me from the pit. Whoa. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. There's so much praise that, that I don't feel qualified to do it. I don't feel like I've got the qualification because of my brokenness to actually... It's, am I, do you know what I mean? Is my, am I worthy of giving praise to God? The Bible tells us there is only one qualification... One qualification for praising God. Do you know what that is? We heard it earlier. You need a pulse. You need a pulse. If you've got a pulse, you've got breath. It doesn't stipulate your color. It doesn't stipulate your culture. It doesn't stipulate the language that you speak. It doesn't stipulate your background. It doesn't stipulate the problems you've had in the past. What it does say is let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everything that has breath praise the Lord. I like that, that it's the final verse of Psalms, all of the Psalms. The final verse says that. Everything that has breath, praise. Whoa! Yes? It's your breath that's in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to Him only. But what I want to do in the last few seconds I have is I I want to say something, like a warning almost. We can't build our relationship on God on praise alone. We can't build our relationship with God on worship alone. Why do I say that? Because... It's, it's a connection to God. It's something that we do do. It's something that we enjoy to do. But there's no sort of real firm foundation in that. Yes, it enhances our relationship with God. There's a deeper connection there. But what Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 to 7 says, it says, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus, you've accepted the Lord into your heart, you recognize what he did on that cross for you, you must continue to follow him. But listen to this next verse. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Do you understand what it means by roots? Now that's talking about the spiritual side of, of, of your life. It's talking about getting them deep down. We all know what roots are on a tree, don't we? The tree, the tree is held firm by the roots. The deeper the roots, the more unlikely it is to be, to be pushed over in, in some sort of storm. But God wants us to, 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 to grow our roots in the very depths of his character. He wants us to grow them right down strong through his word. So when the circumstances of life come along and try to rip out the very foundations of your faith, the roots will hold. But because they hold, you overflow with thankfulness. Do you know what I mean? So the things are going around. That you, you may have a sickness. You may have, you may have financial problems. There, there may be a, a marital issue. But, but because things around you, the storms are blowing, your roots are holding, but you're overflowing with thankfulness. So your praise rises still the same. And my prayer for you this morning is that you be intentional with your relationship with God. Do not box Him up. Be relational with Him. Let Him loose on your life. Let Him, let him free. See what He does. See what He's going to do. Be thankful for all that He has done. That your heart will be overflowing with thankfulness that all that you are will praise his name. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everything. And I pray his blessing over you this morning. Amen.
1: Thank you great word really really great word and uh, let's take it to heart and uh, I love that thought of just letting God free over our lives because he wants to do amazing things thank you and so our next speaker uh, needs no introduction to many of you that have been in the life of the church for some time Tracy uh, has been uh, around Arena Church for uh, many years and of course uh, been a very uh, special time for her in recent times as, uh, as she's married Adam, and uh, great to see them both knowing the blessing of God. I was down at the hub on Tuesday because uh, Terry, the van driver, was retiring and Anne was making a presentation, and um, and then uh, in all of that Tracy preaches, and uh, it's quite it's quite amazing because we've we've sort of got a little church emerging down there. Uh, many of them, uh, we say this very respectfully and compassionately. Uh, find it difficult to get here yet such as the brokenness of their life Um, but uh, Tracy was speaking we prayed the Lord's Prayer at the end and it was just brilliant and uh, week after week month after month Tracy has been delivering that message uh, into a very very needy context I said to her this morning hopefully Tracy this morning it will be slightly easier we trust so um, with the sense of faith that's in the church, but Tracy, we thank you for your service in what you're doing. Now you're ministering to broken lives consistently on a regular basis, uh, and this morning we want you, want you to be blessed as you come and bring your message from the summer in the Psalms. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you've got it.
0: <laughs> Hello very exciting to be here it's it's so different to what we have at the community downstairs one of my elders told me to imagine everybody naked I've just seen the front row Jono I'm not doing that <laughs> I'm not imagining anyone naked it's not I started to think about it but it's Jono no, no we'll leave that for Annie Tim I've got to thank you you've set me up brilliant <laughs> I am so pleased I've printed my notes off because I'll be able to prove that you have landed it for me. (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. I did have a favourite psalm when I was asked. My psalm is is Psalm 1. My kids fed up with me quoting at them all of the time when they was growing up. And I'm going to be reading it from the Amplified Version. Now, if you're new to the Bible and different versions, don't get hung up on it. I like to think of the different versions like different versions of newspapers. You've got the Times... Probably not going to have the daily mail anywhere, but you've got um, all different sort of broadsheets and tabloids, and they give you the same news, but they give it you in a different format. And the amplified is my favourite because why say something in one word when you can use a thousand? (laughs) So here we go: blessed, fortunate, prospered, and favoured by God. Who wants to be favoured by God? I'm his favourite is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of the scoffers and the ridiculers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, his precepts and his teaching, he habitually meditates day and night. He will be like a tree. Firmly planted and fed by the streams of water, It yields its its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. And it comes to maturity. Thanks, Jim. Um, When I was thinking about that psalm, I was thinking about the three, three words. You've got walk, you've got stand, and you've got sit. And in school, we'd call those verbs, and they're doing words. You don't do doing words by accident. They're your choices. And we choose where we sit. When you came in this morning, you were downstairs, you chose who you was going to stand with. When you came up here, you chose who you was going to walk upstairs with. When you came into this room, you chose where in this auditorium you were going to sit. And in everyday life, we make those choices. But the choices we make will have a consequence on what happens next. So if you're choosing to sit in the seat of sinners guess what the consequence is going to be? Destruction, death. Proverbs says there is a path that seems right to man, but it leads to destruction. Are you on the right path today? Who are you walking with? Where are you standing? Where are you sitting? Now you might say, Tracy, that's about wicked people. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So am I. But I have to be careful where I sit, where I stand, and where I walk. Because if I'm not, I become ineffective. Now, we can get really bent out of shape with our call and our mission. Listen, our call and our mission is really simple. It's this, guys. If you have committed to follow Jesus, this is your mission. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Don't overcomplicate it. That is what we're here to do, to instill God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And how do we do that? We align ourselves with the word of God. Do you know what it amazes me? I've only been married for four months. It's, Adam hasn't done it either. God is, and I've seen some amazing things in God. God has never woken me up once and asked my opinion on something. It amazes me. It amazes me because I have got an opinion on everything. But he has never once sat at the head of my bed and said, Tracy, Tracy, me and the angels are just talking. We don't know what to do about about immigration. What are we going to do? What's your opinion? What is your opinion about this? He's never asked me. Do you know why? Because it's all, it's all in here. I have to bring myself to this. This cannot bring itself to me. If it does, it becomes diluted. It becomes polluted. And we are no good to the world that's lost and dying out there. It's just that simple. Our job is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God provides that because the next line says, give us our day, our daily bread. <laughs> so he's even thought of the next line. But what we have to do is put ourselves in a position where we are walking. Now you might say, I'm a good person. I'm at church. Just going to throw this out there. I'm not getting at anybody. Where are you aligned on Facebook? If I look at your bio, who are you aligning yourself with? Who are you sitting with? What are your political opinions? Where can I see? Because actually, I'm not the Bible doesn't request my opinion on anything in life. It says, Tracy, these are the rules. If you live by them, you'll be like a tree. Planted by little streams, your roots will go down, you will flourish, and all will go well. If you don't, you will be on the path to destruction. It's just that simple. If you sit around and hang around with a lot of people who are negative, guess what you're going to be negative. If you act around and walk around with a lot of people who are silly, guess what you're going to be? You're going to be silly you're going to make stupid decisions. If I went uptown, I don't go uptown drinking or anything like that anymore, but if I did, it'd be very difficult to keep staying on lemonade. Because everybody else is doing something different. We are creatures that just follow. We are like sheep. And that's what we have to be careful of. So when you're looking, just be careful what you're tagging, what you're liking, what you're doing. Because actually, my opinion on something isn't requested. Now, if you're sitting there self-righteous, say, well, I don't do for social media, I don't do Facebook. I'm much holier than that. <laughs> what is your opinion when Theresa May comes on the television, when Newsnight's on, when Jeremy Hunt's up there, when Jeremy Corbyn's up there? What is your opinion then? Because what does the Bible say? My Bible says, pray for your leaders. Don't have an opinion about what they're doing. It says, pray for your leaders. When you see something about refugees flooding our country, what's your opinion? Because my opinion is we should love the aliens and make a home for them. That's what the Bible says. It's really difficult because I have to squash who I am and I have to align it to that. But aligning it brings life and living my way brings death. And it's just that simple. Now, for those of you who watch the television speaking in tongues because you're just praying for your leaders, and for those you on face on social media sharing scriptures because you're just that holy, you're fine. But be very careful because Corinthians warns us that bad company corrupts good character. So even you people of amazingly good character, be aware. Be aware of who's around you. What are you doing? Who are you listening to? Who's influencing your opinions? Because if you're not, your very good character could be corrupted by bad people. Where we sit, where we stand, and where we walk will affect what happens next. It affects if God's kingdoms can come or if our kingdom comes. And if you... It's like... Like Tim was saying, if I build a fantastic thing, and I have seen some amazing sand sculptures in my time, because I like art, so I like to look at them. They fascinate me, how they make them stick together. But they are still, as elaborate as they are, just sand structures. They're built on sand, and the waves wash them away. What we are building with thy kingdom come, what we are building when we squash our own things and align ourselves with where we're sitting, standing and walking with the word of God, where we are, what we are building then is we are building a very lovely thy kingdom come. It's hard, but it's hard because it goes against what we want to do. It goes against who we are. I am naturally very opinionated naturally no one's had to teach me that it just comes very naturally to me to have an opinion about everything I'm learning not to but that's how I have always been I am learning more to align myself to this book you have no idea how freeing it is when I don't throw my opinion into the ring you have no opinion now I've not always been please don't think I have been I used to treat the word of God like a first aid box. I used to react to it. So if there was an emergency in my life, they want no money, they want no food, someone in an accident, some major life crisis in my life, it was always a major life crisis happening. If there was something happening... I would run to the first aid box of the word of God. Oh, I'm afraid, Psalm 91. Oh, I've got no money, Malachi 3.10. Oh, I need saving, John 3.16. Everything. It was like a first aid box. And I was saying the other day, if you've got one of these books, at the front, the Gideon's Bible, we all got them in school, it says where to find help when? When you're afraid of circumstances, when you're considering marriage, when you're conscious of sin, when you're afraid of the future, when you're afraid with people, when you're angry, when you're anxious, when you're suicidal, when you're bereaved, when you fall from God, when you're feeling hurt, when you're feeling inadequate, when you're newly retired. Why would you need prayer when you're newly retired? (laughs) I'm not sure why you need the word of God. But anyway. (laughs) But that's how I would treat the word of God. I would go to it when I needed it. Guys, this is more than words. This is more than words. This is... If God was a book, this is it. When you read it, it goes from two-dimensional to three-dimensional. It becomes an essence. It becomes alive. It feeds your soul. Now, some of the stuff you'll read, you'll make no sense. Don't worry about it. Just keep reading. Just stay obedient. Just stay loyal. And that's what will happen. God will feed you. He will nourish your soul. You will see a change in your circumstances. When you align yourself to this, and you don't sit with sinners. You don't walk the ungodly. You don't have an opinion and throw it away here and there. That's when change happens, when this is your foundation. Now, I mean, I'm not going to get too heavy, but if you want to turn to Revelation, <laughs> something nice and light-hearted to finish with. We've got Jesus, Revelation 3 verse 20. And he, I just love the fact that we started with don't sit, don't stand, don't walk. And here we've got the saviour our souls, the lover of our life. And he is, he is standing at the door of our hearts. Now, when we're talking hearts, guys, don't get, we're not emojis or anything like that. We're talking your mind, your will, and your emotions. The word, Jesus is the word of God. So when the word of God is knocking on your mind, your will, and your emotions... Are you going to open? Are you going to align your mind, your will, and your emotions to the Word of God? Or are you just going to do your own thing? Because Jesus is standing at the door of your mind, your will, and your emotions as He's knocking. And He's saying, Will you let me into your thoughts? Will you let me into your opinions? Will you let me into your ideas? Will you let my kingdom come in your soul and in the soul of your family and in your community? And then it says, he's standing at the door at knocking. All you have to do is be open-minded. Open the doors of your understanding. And say, do you know what, God? I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't know how antibiotics work, but I take them and they work. I don't have to know how the Bible works. I read it and it works. I open the mind. I align my mind, my will, and my emotions to the word of God. And it all is like a tree planted by water, everything prospers. That's how it works. If we do that, Jesus has promised, the words promises, that He will walk in to our lives, and He will sit with us. and He will eat with us, and He will nourish us, and He will feed us. Our choices have got us into some very dark places in our lives. Our choices can get us out. And that was a brilliant word, Tim, that intentionality. You intentionally walk, you intentionally sit, you intentionally stand. Today, Jesus intentionally stands at the door of your mind, your will and your emotions, and he intentionally knocks. Will you intentionally open the door? will you intentionally invite him in and will you intentionally start tomorrow morning and say I'm going to read the word and the next time something fires me up and I'm going to have a go at someone I'm going to actually think what does the Bible say about that? Not what do I think I'm going to do and that way you'll be like a tree planted by living water and everything you do will prosper because that's the promise that's it have a nice time